That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> that was fine. I'm. I, I was chilled to the bone. Yeah. Well, Quaking in my boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is every horror movie on Netflix. We're watching Saw. We're talking about Saw this why, week. Why are we talking about Saw? Maybe we should explain that. Well, the genius among us spun the wheel of death, <laughs> and uh, it picked. Why did you choose Saw, Elizabeth? Because here's why. I'd never seen it. I'm tired of everyone being like, you know, kind of reminded me of Saw and me not having any idea what they For the record, about. you have never heard that from me. No, not from Steve. Okay. Also, I, you know, I feel like lately um, with a lot of movies, we've been all sort of like, screw it, screw it, screw it, maybe cue it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I was looking for a movie where I, I knew at least two people would be vehement view it. Well, you might only get one. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, who think, are the two? I thought you liked it. Oh. Well, we'll get to that. Well, anyway. I'm going to keep everyone in suspense. It. So I this was your first time. You're, tr- you're trying to rig the rating system, No, it's a big horror movie franchise. You know, I just thought, whatever. If, you know, Bob on the street likes, likes Saw, then maybe I'd like Saw. I appreciate this because of the films available, I feel like this movie is kind of essential to understanding what modern horror movies are like and you've never seen it that's so true I, I totally understand your curiosity thank you steve but this movie is gross <laughs> and i dislike you for forcing me to watch it again <laughs> love you <laughs> so what did you think i mean this is so this is your first time <laughs> watching saw yes <laughs> watching saw um well i don't think it's time to give my ratings but i will say number one that i thought it was unique and number two it struck me for much of it as more of like a action movie than a horror movie because like there's lots of action movies where you're trying to like solve a puzzle and like you know i don't know it didn't didn't like a thriller a thriller yeah Yeah. it struck me as like a thriller movie where like time's ticking down we gotta blow up the death star that kind of thing. It wasn't horrific until a little bit later. Yeah, there's a lot of like police procedural stuff. Yeah, um, that which is a lot more interesting than how the police procedural stuff tends to play out in the seven subsequent movies. That's six, including Jigsaw. Six right? subsequent movies. Yeah, including okay. no, it's seven. Oh, yeah, seven. seven. Jigsaw, wow. Yeah. yeah, we got Saw, Saw two, Saw three, Saw four. In a way, this Saw retrospective five. is timely because I think Jigsaw came out what last week or the week before. Uh, it came out several weeks ago, but recently, and yeah. I saw it and it was amazing. It was Halloween time. It, if it's Halloween, it must be Saw, and apparently, if it's Christmas, it must be Saw. Well, and I have to say the other reason I was interested in this because is because um, I'm on a bowling league. And recently, our server for Halloween, Jordan, Jordan, (laughs) dressed up as the puppet from Saw. Billy. And I, we like her. 
So I thought maybe I could relate to her better if I watched. She was amazing. As did Steph Curry. Yes, Steph Steph Curry Curry rode into the locker room on his tricycle. It was amazing. Our server at the bowling alley, I don't know, we think she's like maybe 17, maybe weighs 90 pounds. She is puppet sized and she was <laughs> dressed up as the puppet and she had the makeup on her jaws if yep. she was a marionette and she was wearing the tuxedo. Like she went all out. She wasn't like this wasn't some shit she found in a bag. This wasn't some like sexy jigsaw puppet costume she found on Pinterest. This was like jigsaw cosplay. Yeah. So And I fell in love. Yeah. Me too. Anyway. Yeah, I was I was really amazed too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this, well, I wasn't there, so maybe yeah. we should. Um, should do, yeah, we, do we need to explain. set up this movie? Like everybody, everybody except Elizabeth had seen Saw before. Well, maybe can we give? Can we give I like honestly a, a one minute some of the plot overview. Yeah, I mean, perhaps. I think we definitely should talk about the plot a bit. I mean, I mean, gonna, if, so if you're, we're going to be talking about the plot anyway, so we might as well like explain what's going on. If you're the type of person who listens to a podcast about horror movies, you're probably vaguely aware of the Saw franchise and its basic premise. Put it mildly, yeah. even if you haven't seen the movies, and that's one of the things about this movie. It's kind of pervaded the pop culture in a way that few other horror movies have. It's one of those movies that, like, if you somehow haven't seen it, you feel like you've seen it because there have been seven sequels, you've heard about it, you know, at this point. But So maybe we should give a refresher, give a fresh take on, on what Saw is and what it's about. Yeah, so so two men wake up in a bathroom, a, a grimy, like, industrial bathroom that's larger than any bathroom you'd ever see in your house. Um, it's it's it, Grimy is the adjective for everything that happens in this, this movie. This movie looks like the film was processed in a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so pervasively disgusting. Mm-hmm. So we have Adam, who's played by Lee Wanell, who is actually also the writer of mm-hmm. Saw. And he's opposite Carrie Elwes, who is playing Dr. Gordon. Lawrence. Yeah, Dr. Lawrence It should Lawrence be noted that Gordon. he's from the UK and has a very poor American accent in this it, movie. See, the American the accent me. works for me until he starts yelling. Like The towards, end? Towards the end, he's like, you bastard! And I'm like, oh shit, that's right, Carrie Elwes is British. Yeah. I was not pleased with Carrie Elwes in this movie, but we will um, we will get into that later. Can I just say something funny that strikes me about his character right off the bat that I didn't really remember is when he first introduces himself to Adam because they wake up and neither of them knows who the other is. Yeah. And he goes... My name is Lawrence Gordon. I'm a doctor. It's just like the most like on the like it's super efficient screenwriting to be fair, but I'm a doctor. Well, it's kind of kind of ties into what they were trying to do with his character. It wasn't well done, but I will defend that a little bit. Anyway, so they've been put in this bathroom by the Jigsaw Killer, also known as Jigsaw, who is a man who's been terrorizing the city by abducting people and putting them into traps where they're forced to kill themselves or others in order to survive. Right. And that's it. That's the premise of the Saw series. And then as the Saw series expands, you know, there's like multiple motivations that get developed for Jigsaw and everything. They touch on some of that late in the movie. But, yeah. Saw. View it. <laughs> I would not give it a view it, but I, I don't even know where to begin to talk about this movie because it's it's a weird experience of having seen it when it came out, not liking it, and seeing it again and still not liking it. I don't know. Did, did any Elizabeth? This is your first time. Did anything really strike you about this movie? Well, um, first of all. The scene, the traps that Jigsaw sets up are, like, extremely fucked up, which I think sure. is what makes it 
a good horror movie, but there were multiple times when I'm like, how did they even think of that? Like, there's one where this woman is in, like, a reverse, like, bear trap, and if the time runs out, it, like, expands open and basically just rips her head in half. Um, and it's it's really gruesome. Um, I, I felt like the bits with Adam and Lawrence were the slowest parts of the movie. Uh, I agree. Does anyone else? I thought, like, so in a movie like this, I really need to care about the characters who are in peril, and I just didn't. They're so shallowly written and and acted that I just I, I, I didn't give a fuck. I will say though, I could not take my eyes away from this movie. Right. Like, I thought the same way. You guys know I like to take a lot of breaks watching some of these terrible movies that we watch. And this one I sat through and watched the whole thing and was pretty compelled by it. I think it's like really like kinetically directed. It's kind of fun to watch and I'd seen it before but I couldn't remember some of the twists. But I really didn't care about the people involved. That was a huge problem. I for mean, me. that's kind of a hallmark of the Saw franchise, at least for me. I've seen five of them now, right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen five. And I mean, it's pretty much, and I'm not really offering this as a defense one way or the other, but that's pretty much Saw. Is there's just really shitty people who are really thinly written, just really thinly sketched, getting, like, just having horrible things happen to them. Like, basically, the only person who you really come to care about or develop empathy with in the saw franchise at least for me is the killer who i guess we're in the weird position of i guess having to preserve his secret identity well, we and so why? We this, this movie room. came out like what 12 years ago i, I mean, think we can jigsaw. spoil yeah we i don't know if we have to go to the spoiler room but we only need to talk about it now but jigsaw killer yeah i mean i consider i'm a big saw fan and i consider the first saw you know to be the best saw but really, it, it doesn't have a lot of the things I like about the Saw series in it. It's, it's a little bit more of a conventional movie. But as far as the characters, I was surprised that I didn't care about these characters. But also, I think really, when you're watching a Saw movie, you're putting yourself in the place of the characters. Sure. The characters are yeah. just surrogates for you to be like, oh no, would I be able to cut out my own eyes to right. get out of this trap? Right. But for that to work, you have to be able to identify with them at an emotional level. And this, it, the movie does try the script feels i feel like the script is really tight actually i mean all the all the right like twists and things are in place but when it comes down to like dialogue i mean like so the uh, the dr lawrence right is this dr name? gordon dr gordon lawrence uh, lawrence, is his first name. lawrence gordon yeah. dr. Um, gordon <laughs> You know, he's 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 married to his work, basically, and, like, can't take care of his family. And he's, like, maybe has an affair. I don't know if we should get into that. He doesn't kind really, of, but, like, kind of yeah. doesn't. But, like, when we finally see him with his family, who we get the sense at this point that he really cares about, and, like, they're, they're in peril because the killer has them captive, we see, like, a flashback where he's interacting with his daughter, and it's just so... I don't know. It's just so ordinary. He does like the, you know, 10 little piggies or five little piggies thing with her, like playing with her toes. And it's like, I've seen that in a million movies. And this scene is supposed to make me understand who this guy is and how much he cares about his family. And it was just like ripped from a hundred other screenplays. Yeah. There were so many moments like that in this movie where it's like, here's an opportunity to like really show me who this person is. And it didn't work. I do kind of like what Chris said though about how you're supposed to sort of cast and I don't know if this is really intentional but I, I feel like the Saw movies do work this way where you are sort of supposed to project yourself onto those characters or or people you know and be like oh fuck you know what if I was you know unfaithful to my partner what if I wasn't taking care of my body what if I didn't quote unquote value my life enough or you know what if I was like 
or, you know, I guess probably not a lot of people have had like a drug problem, but probably a lot of people know someone who had a drug problem. There's a lot of stuff there where you're like, oh, shit, what would I do or what would my loved one do if they were in that trap? Well, we know? should mention for people who are completely ignorant of the saucers that that's Jigsaw's motivation. Yeah. Uh, he, he's actually a cancer patient who has real, who he no longer takes life for granted and he's pissed that you're taking your life for granted or misspending your life and he wants to teach you some ironic lesson about not being an asshole. Or you die, <laughs> which is like I'm confused as to why. Like what? A, what an interesting storytelling device to have that. Like it. Like is he like an, supposed to be an anti-hero? Like I don't understand how I'm supposed to feel definitely. about Jigsaw. Like watching these movies. I feel like in, Jigsaw in is definitely movie, an anti-hero. In this movie, it's very vague because you're like, this is the setup. You're figuring it out, but the whole time I'm like, I don't care about the people who are in conflict, but I'm interested in like the specifics of the conflict because I'm like oh would I cut my foot off you know that sort of thing would I reach into the toilet but when it comes down to the killer he's kept like he's made deliberately to be vague the entire time and I felt like that put me at a further distance from the film as it went on yeah he's definitely meant to be scarier in this movie than the other ones he definitely blossoms into an anti-hero in Saw 2 I think and then for the rest of the series (laughs) the word blossoms is so funny in this context or something. but yeah in this movie he's just fucking creeping around in parking garages in a robe and (laughs) all kinds of scary stuff well that's confusing though because he's a He's a cancer patient. He can barely walk. Like, at how the end is of the he movie. rigging all of this stuff up? That's yeah. what I don't understand. You definitely there find are, out a lot more about that later. Seven more movies you gotta watch to find that out. Well, <laughs> I, you know, but no stone is left unturned when it comes to how did Jigsaw set the trap from his hospital bed. I feel like they didn't really think about that when they were writing Saw One, though. I think they did actually. We can they talk did? about that in a bit. All right. Well, I just, um, I mean, maybe this is a stupid comparison, but I know we've talked about this before, but in a way it reminds me of Memento because they're doing flashbacks and like trying to put the pieces together, you know? But I think where it did frustrate me is like Chris said, and we all agreed with, you are automatically putting yourself in these people's shoes, right? Because you, at least that's what I was doing. I was like, fuck, would I be able to do any of this stuff? You know, would I figure out the clues? But as the movie goes on, you find out that both Adam and Dr. Lawrence Gordon have just been, like, lying to each other and, like, are weirdly involved in each other's lives and there's all these fabrications. And that kind of lo- it lost me at that because I was like, well, it would, then I can't put myself in that anymore. It's you too know? contrived. Right. It feels like this is, like, like screenwriting 101. Like, they're trying to, like, build conflict in, like, very specific ways at, like at the the cost of character development well like i i related most to the woman in the jaw trap because i was like that's totally what i would do you know well and then but with wait you would cut the guy open oh no i mean i would freak out oh, okay. and like all i mean i yeah. understood i mean i'm not saying i wouldn't I'm no just... i understood her reactions like that made sense and i oh. was with lawrence and adam too until i found out that they had all this backstory that they were hiding and all this suspicious stuff and i was like what like this Okay, this is just two weird people. <laughs> it really is a, a screenwriting 101 thing, but this movie is, like, the history of this movie is, it is literally like screenwriting 101. Lay Wannell, Wannell and James Wan, who's going on to do bigger and better things, sure. were college friends. They were in, like, film school together. They made a short, which their original short was basically just the Amanda, the reverse bear trap sequence, and, like, that police interview that accompanies it. I remember seeing that on the internet, waiting for it to load on dial-up, and yeah. being fucking horrified. Like, I was watching a snuff film or something. Yeah. And Is then, it this... Or I, well, it wouldn't be the same actors, because it's fucking Danny Glover. Is Shawnee Smith in it? I don't know. There's okay. a chance, but I don't think so. And then... 
they you know expanded it to this this feature length movie. But this is their first feature, so you have you know one of the actors is the writer, and it's his first movie, which I think is the one thing I'll cut Carrie Elwes on because I thought he was. But people have been telling me this that the acting in Saw is terrible for years, and I never believed it until I just rewatched this one. I'm like, yeah, this acting's really rough. In the last twenty minutes, Carrie Elwes like I was I laughed the entire way through it. He's basically like Tim Heidecker's Casey character. He's like slobbering over himself. He's like a, like a man child who just yeah. Yeah, oh my god. We'll get into it. Yeah, you know, but. pure intensity. But um, but you know, but when Carrie Elwes is playing opposite Danny Glover or like the little girl or something, I thought he was doing not a great job but a better job, serviceable. So I think yeah. maybe it's just that Adam. And Lee, Lee Wanell did not really know how to act, and he wasn't really holding up his end of those scenes. I thought Lee Wanell was better than Carrie Elwes, for sure. Mm. I mean, he's clearly a novice, but, like, Carrie Elwes, like, trying to do an American accent and trying to be intense. I mean, one thing about a movie like this is, like, it gives an actor... They're confined in one room. It gives an actor the chance to, like, go through every emotion possible. I feel like that must be attractive to an actor like, like Carrie Elwes. Mm-hmm. Um Wanell came off more genuine, I would say, for sure. Or more believable some f- or something, definitely, yeah. to me. It I feels mean, a little bit community theater at times, but like yeah. He, yeah. he seemed to kind of like own, as the movie went on, he seemed to kind of like own the limitations of, of the space and his own range. And Carrie Elwes eventually just goes off the fucking rails. Yeah, I mean, the bottle, I mean, the basic concept of them being locked in the room and slowly being delivered clues and tapes and whatever, there's a dead guy laying in the middle of the room, like that whole basic bottle episode sort of concept is pretty interesting, actually. I want the and whole movie to be that. Yeah, I don't that need was exactly anything what else. I was going to say is if you wrote it, well and had two good actors playing it that could be a really cool really cool concept it's i thought of gerald's enough. game actually watching this movie where it's like like that's a good example of how to have something that's like totally self-contained with yeah. minimal flashbacks or cuts to things outside of the immediate situation yeah and this movie like with the parallel timeline kind of it kind of threw me off the you, pacing was awkward and you have to have a really like fine-tuned concept of the relationship and the trust between those two characters and in the first like maybe five ten minutes in, of that movie, I forget the specific moment, but there was something where I was like, oh, I kind of understand how these guys are slowly processing who, you know, their understanding of each other and whether they trust each other. And then there was one moment, I forget what it was, where it was just like, okay, oh, okay, that everything up to this point made sense as far as how much they were trusting each other. And then it just shifts in ways that don't really make sense after that. I felt like it, it all made sense for what it was trying to do, and it was very tightly written. The performances and the directing, we can get into that at some point, were problems for me. But mm-hmm. I mean, we can get into it right now. It's just not great. It's just not great. It's hyper, it's like I would describe it as like hyperkinetic at yeah. times. Like there's lots of just sort of like shots where like you're like orbiting the trap, but like there are a million cuts in that Speed's orbit. Speed's ramped you know? up, music's going crazy, lights flashing. You can thank probably the editor, Kevin Grutert, I think is his name, who edited every damn saw movie and directed saw six i think although it's really or no he directed saw 3d i think although it's really the least gratuitous of the saw movies for that kind of shit for what it is and like casting my mind back to 2006 i think it was fairly tasteful for this kind of movie i'll give it that yeah i mean there's i was shocked there's not very much like on-screen gore like some of the the most gruesome moments in the movie are sold without you seeing anything graphically right. violent and just through performance and, and editing and intensity, which I was really impressed with, actually. Well, I'm kind of wondering about that because, so I didn't know, 
Like, I thought this movie was called Saw because it was, like, about people's body parts getting sawed off. You would be correct. Um, <laughs> which it partly is, but I also get the impression it's called that because of Jigsaw, right? Yes. I okay. think Jigsaw's <laughs> named after the title. That. Is, that's a good point. Yeah. But I... So I'm just... I actually am wondering about this because gore is a legitimate genre of horror. Like, that's, for a lot of people, horrific to see. And it's, like, gross. And especially for me, I was almost... I don't want to say disappointed because I don't really want to see that. But I was kind of... It was pretty mild. And I'm wondering, like, is this as horrific as... Are there gorier movies than Saw that are, like, legitimate horror movies? Or is that just, like gore porn or like you know well like so we have saw and then we have hostile which is like the saw mentality with much more gore i okay. think the gore is the focus well the movies. saw movies themselves get far more gory as they go on well, like, i mean the saw, saw movies a gold rush for torture, torture porn. porn yeah well the, the, that was interesting about this movie though is like for most of it, we see glimpses of other traps that Jigsaw has set up, and we just see the aftermath. Right, yeah. we don't and see it happen. Really, the only gruesome moment that I think we see in like in real time in the narrative of this movie is Carrie was cutting his foot off. But we don't see anything. You don't see that though. You see, you see. The I think starts. you see the sauce start to bite into his leg, and after that, it's all just but, tear yeah. His it's nowhere face. near as bad as Gerald's game. No, right. God, no. It, Gerald's game I mean, is way more. Thankfully, gruesome. I couldn't handle that again. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, the subsequent Saw sequels get a lot worse. But so that's the thing. But like Saw, when it came out, people were like, "Oh my God, this is just the, this is just the most gruesome shit ever." Well, it's and, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. Like I, I kind of want to rewatch Saw again now, thinking about this. But like, you know, that movie was like intended to be a PG rated movie because it suggests violence and doesn't show anything. And thinking back in this movie, it really doesn't show any actual violence we see aftermath i mean there's the body in the bathroom that has seemingly its brains blown out yeah but i mean but it's even gruesome, that's not it's that gory. bad i mean you see that in action movies you see blood you know 300 had stuff worse than that i think it's because saw you know one thing i will defend the saw movies on on all counts is they do a really good job of setting up a mood and an aesthetic and like everything's grimy everything's dark everything's bleak everything's like a little just like so when you're suggesting violence but you don't see that much of it it probably feels more gruesome than it is just because the whole movie is kind of oppressively like filthy and and gross oppressive is a good word because i I don't like these movies the two i've seen because there's it's not fun for me it's just you're in a dark place for a while with people you don't care about who are about to have like horrible things happen to them and you're just watching the clock tick I don't see the point. And, like, there's this, like, sort of pretentious, like, moralistic element to it with Jigsaw's motivations that is barely developed in this movie. It, it, I don't know. I don't understand the appeal. Well, the most gruesome part of this movie is when he shoves his hand down the toilet filled with shit. I literally almost... I, so I, I, wrote, like, I wrote this in my notes. I, I almost had to go to the bathroom and vomit when that happened. It was gross. <laughs> I, mean, I actually felt hand. vomit like enter my esophagus oh, and well, I tasted it. I was mostly... It's because it's related. It's relatable. Uh, I had an English teacher who used to talk about <laughs> watching Die Hard. And, you know, it's Christmas time. We can talk about Die Hard. Uh, um, 
But he said the that, best Christmas movie. He said you know, the, the part oh, that yeah. gets him in Die Hard is when they shoot the windows and he has to run across in his bare feet and steps yeah. on all the glass. Yeah. And he says like I don't know what it's like to get shot, but I know what it's like to step on sharp shit and or cut right, my feet. Right. And so that's why that gets him. So similar yeah. to us, like I don't know what it's like to cut my foot off. It probably sucks. But I know what it's like to but, plunge you know, a toilet. I know what it's like to plunge a toilet or put my hands into like gross dishwater or you know something. Uh, yeah. That struck me as so gratuitous because he he does that because he's supposed to be following his heart and he sees a heart like drawn on the toilet tank and my instinct if you see a heart drawn on the toilet tank would be to open the fucking tank which is where the thing turns out to be in the end anyways it's yeah, not why would you actually immediately in the go to like toilet. the worst place You'd yeah be like, let's try the easy thing and then yeah let's at least yeah let's try the clean water in it the was tank. all for the sake of the joke also he like, does it, he's like oh i wish i checked that first yeah also like fine joke you know the day that i'm locked in a grimy bathroom with three hours to live ask me if i like make normal decisions oh true you know here's the thought about well, this movie it, it was, like the clues were so generic like yes <laughs> but follow your heart that stuck with me so so dr uh gordon dr. is gordon. is is he a surgeon what is what is he exactly he's an oncologist and he also is a surgeon if he was a good <laughs> surgeon he would have made sure that that body was actually dead well why would if he, he followed not, if he, he followed his heart it. he couldn't reach it could he well, I don't know. It looked pretty fucking dead. It looked pretty fucking. We're not dead, doing a spoiler room on this episode. No, <laughs> I can't believe you're you're skipping the opportunity to play the song music as we explain the twist. Play the. I mean, song. if we're well, no, we're, well, we need well, to play. Are we getting into that final twist? Because I definitely want to talk about that. We need to play "Bite the Hand That Bleeds." Well, that's the thing. I don't know if that twist. I don't know if that twist even. Well, Elizabeth. Yeah. Were you shocked at the twist? No. Because Jigsaw is enough of a pulp co- pop culture icon. No, she doesn't know who that is. She didn't even recognize the dude. She was oh, like, who was is I that? surprised that that body was alive? Yes. No, were you surprised at like, who it was? I have no idea who it was. Had you ever seen that face before? No. Oh. Well, it was Jigsaw. But she doesn't know who that is. <laughs> is he the dude who was dying in the hospital bed? Yes, but he, yeah, they, yeah and he's the killer. He's in a hospital bed. How could he be the killer? He was just in for treatment. He I was out. curious about, like, he seemed like he was dying when we first saw him. I mean, he did open his, like, one eye creepily. He has but... an inoperable tumor. Yeah. And he has a gross, like, I didn't say anything, goatee. Soul patch. It's, just like, it's <laughs> yeah. like a long gray soul patch uh, that made me feel I mean, No, here's the problem with this movie, which I think probably is the problem with all Saw movies, is by the time you get to the twist, you're so emotionally exhausted from people yes. sawing their limbs off and screaming and trying to save their family yeah. that I was like, oh, and the dead guy's alive. Fine. Like, you know what? Oh, they could have gotten, gotten nuked and I would have been like, okay. That twist. I would rather like know more about the mastermind ahead of time and get inside his head then just have it revealed at the end as a, a sort of a, a twist. Just, uh, that's I not, think that's they do a good enough me. job of setting him up. For for this movie, they do a good enough job of setting him up. They, they tell you about his philosophy just enough. I don't like movies that are intentionally set up for a sequel, like knowing that you have to see the next chapter to fully feel invested and get more I information. I don't feel like this was a self-contained film. I, I think I, it I, was. I don't. It, it didn't play that way for me, at least. I will say I love the twist that the body that you think has been dead on the floor the whole fucking time turns out to be the mastermind. That's great. I thought that was a great twist the first time I saw it. This time when I saw it, I literally got an adrenaline rush. Like, my heart was pumping. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm so fucking stoked. It gets me every stoked. time. Even when I know it's coming, it yeah. still creeps me out to see him, like, go up on all fours and be like, eh. 
yeah. As and I like was watching the makeup it, off the back of his head. As I was watching it, it had been a long time since you saw it. Like as I was watching, I was like, oh, I think this is the movie where like the body is actually like the guy's alive. Yeah, like, that's the killer. And I couldn't remember, so it still gave me a thrill when it happened. But I wasn't really all that invested in it. Well, because they they. What they do is they set it up so you think that the jigsaw is Zep, who's like the yeah. guy from Lost. And who is named right. Zep? What what kind of name is that? Where well, does that it's, come from? It's Zep's a unique dead, name. It's a unique name so that you remember it, so that when you hear the voice on the tape and it says "Hello, Zep," you know that it's him. If it had been like Billy, no one would remember. Hello, John. <laughs> John is Jigsaw. Jigsaw, yeah. Oh. And I can't wait. You know, they did Saw, Saw Two, Saw Three, Saw Four, Saw Five, Saw Six, Saw Three D, the final chapter. <laughs> then just now they did Jigsaw. The next one needs to be called John Kramer. Which I mean, here's Jigsaw's real name. I mean, here's the thing that did bother me about the twist this time is. Is that that twist is there basically just to have a twist? Like, what's the practical reason for him and to have been laying, laying on the, the floor time. the whole? There's no reason well, for him to have been to laying on the floor. He likes to watch, but yeah, no, that's it's silly. They thought of the twist and then they thought of the movie. Yeah, yeah. The and whole, that's actually the, the truth. Yeah, the whole thing is is very contrived. Yeah, it, it feels like everything is set up around that twist to make that happen to make it be impactful without any sort of emotional component whatsoever. No, no emotional which I, component. Which I don't think hit me the first time I saw it. I think the first time I was just so caught up in the like. Oh! kind of moment that I just I didn't question it but this time I was like oh that doesn't make sense <laughs> if you're looking for emotional components you're not looking in the right spot when you're in the Saw franchise let me let me t- explain why I love the Saw franchise very little of it has anything to do with what we see in this movie but basically as the sequels go on they keep coming up with contrived twist endings which are always effective even though they're not like, yeah, they're not like emotionally deserved. But I'm always like, oh, oh, oh they got me again, these sons of bitches. <laughs> and also, very quickly in the series, it becomes a soap opera where like they're going back and there's flashbacks and they're retroactively changing everything you saw before. And like Jigsaw has all these apprentices and the apprentices are fighting. It just becomes a gory soap opera. And the traps and everything like that, I could give a fuck about. I mean, it really reminds me of comic books. I love comic yeah. books. And even more so than something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe where you have that long-form storytelling over multiple movies, it really, really reminds me, especially just because of all the retcons and the way you go back and fuck with the timeline and, oh, this movie actually took place in between this part of movie two and this part of movie three. It's all just super kind of nerdy playing around with narrative structure shit. Batman dies, Batman comes back to life, some random guy yeah. takes Batman's cape, that guy gets fought by Batman. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's all the same kind of shit. <laughs> that said, this movie plays it a lot more straight, and I was surprised at how much I actually did not like this movie this this time around. I still think it was fine, but like the first half of this movie was a drag for me. I got invested in this movie at like the midpoint where you they kind of set the stage and then they show you like Danny Glover in the like hotel room and he's got his like vendetta going on and they show you um, uh, at that point you see what's going on with the hostage family. I really like the scene where the uh, hostage taker Zep is the stethoscope and the gun and he's, he's Oh no, no dude. Oh you don't like that? I it's too much. Like you you know, if you're gonna threaten a kid in that way, 
I just threatening kids just doesn't. I go didn't over think with he was me. threatening the kid. It was just like he a was perverse... pointing the gun at the mom and the kid, just like waiting to see like the her kids heart were rate in danger. Change. It was clear that he was just like curious and fucking with them, like with no no empathy. That was and that was fucked up was in the an wrong interesting way. Take I you know I haven't seen that in a movie before. I, I don't. It think was that fucked you up should... and it wasn't earned at all. I don't think I that you should be able to to th- to do that to women, to a woman and like especially a child. And I always think well, to it's myself, a movie though. It's a movie. Yeah, but I always think to myself, man, you have a seven-year-old kid actor. Like, even if you're like, oh, Anna, it's okay. Don't worry. Like, if there's an adult crying next to you and a man with a fake. parents were there. The kids were probably having a ton of fun. I did made a movie. I put a seven-year-old girl in a coffin and closed it. Well, dude, she's probably in intensive therapy right now and has tried to it commit suicide. The no, you, there. you talk it through. She was stoked. About, yeah, and actually, the girl that was in our movie, she was stoked. She thought it was awesome. She wanted to get in the coffin. We had to talk to her dad about it more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Look, when cool. you're casting a movie like this, you're trying to find people who are okay with whatever you're going to put them through during the yeah. movie. So, like, I, 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 I just didn't, didn't like the, it from a narrative standpoint. No, I didn't just, need to see him with the stethoscope and hearing the heartbeat, you know, her with the adrenaline. It was an interesting touch. I liked it. To each his own. Sure. Well, I guess I am not really sure about the puppet and why that was yes. used. Yes. I didn't get that. I really wanted to bring this up because I'm used to Billy. I'm used to the puppet as part of the franchise. Like he's just there. The puppet is named Billy. Yeah, yeah. And there are really not brought up in any of the movies. And there are really dumb reasons given later on for like how Billy came to be and shit. But especially in that first movie, it's just like, what the fuck? What? Okay, traps and all that aside, I can take. But why is there this like puppet who rides around on a tricycle by himself? It just oh, it's creepy. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Why does Jason wear a hockey mask? Yeah, but it's like if Jason wore a hockey mask and killed people, but then also had like a a xenomorph or something. It's just like they come from two separate universes. Like, why is Jigsaw bothering with this fucking puppet? Presentation. I don't know. In the the presentation, it's all about obscuring the identity of the killer. From a functional extremes to like actually add a puppet into that equation as well. I don't like that. I prefer like Silence of the Lambs, where like you know the villain, like you see them in the flesh, you get to know them intimately. Well, Steve, you got to watch all eight movies for that. (laughs) I guess, but in a movie like this, is just I've I've seen this before so many times, and like I I I don't know. It's more interesting to me if I if I know who the killer is and know who their motives are. I feel like that would have actually amplified the tension in the bathroom scene that's unfolding. Yeah, you know what? All right, that's a good point because I do love the twist. I love him getting off the bathroom floor, but what's the opportunity cost of that twist? (laughs) Imagine if we'd opened this movie with like 10 minutes of Jigsaw painting his motivations and stuff, and then we saw him lay down on the floor and pretend to be dead, and then the movie opened. I'll, I think that I'll, would be make me more excited. I'll, I'll one-up you all. <laughs> That's you great. Still, That's... You can still have the twist where he gets off the floor, but actually know who he is, because that corpse is face down. You could know all about John Kramer and his motivations and his cancer and everything, and then at the end, find out that's the dude on the floor. Like you, it's, mm. They're not mutually exclusive. Good point. Yeah. I mean, that's like what Hitchcock said about, like, if you if, if there's a scene where there's, like, people sitting around a dinner table and a bomb goes off, that's not that's not suspense. What suspense is knowing there's a bomb under the table. You see it, they don't, yeah. and then... Right, like, if imagine if we had known that that was the main killer dude, and, like, we had no idea when he was going to wake up or what he was going to do. I think that would stop us from 
putting ourselves in the in situation. This, yeah, yeah it, w- we, it wouldn't have made like the it wouldn't have made the experience of those people being like chained up so visceral and yeah. gross. I think and you would, would be waiting, which is fine because I don't want to experience that. That's awful. I don't like these torture <laughs> porn movies. I don't want anything to do with that. I want the movie that's about the killer and not the like sticking your hand in you know a toilet full of shit. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess the overall thing I got from this movie, and I don't want anyone to take offense from this, is that like. It seemed to cater to like kind of dumb people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, like this movie is for people with an like a, like a slightly below average IQ who are going to be like, blood, saw, uh, uh, people trapped, puppets, poop. poop. <laughs> yeah, it felt like like I had a very it had like a very um I've mentioned this before on the Chris show. Chris is going to want to cut ridiculous all saying those. it again. No, it fine. had a very like David Finchery vibe to it, like like seven or something. But like ten years, oh, like seven, light. ten years too late and too light. Yeah, yeah. like it's just it's like it's like trying to be like the gorier version of that without any of the um emotion or intellect. I'm just shocked like. there weren't any boobs. The yeah, Saw series is very of devoid of beat boobs. There, I think, is a pair in the entire series. <laughs> is it uh, two from the same woman? Yes. Okay. They do not get separated from her body, however, which would you that know, was my wouldn't question. Be, you wouldn't be surprised if they did. Uh, yeah. If in, in this uh, franchise, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a prurient franchise, and it gets this is the high point I think for it being like. Uh, Mature, like it definitely gets more prurient as it goes. Yeah, along. this film pretends to like ride the moral high horse, you know, like they, the killer's got like a, a great motive, and like yeah. I, I, I don't buy it. And again, it's too little, too late. By the time I find that out, I'm like, I've put myself through so much procedural, like CSI Miami bullshit. <laughs> there is some stuff that care. is really CSI. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, the interesting thing that I feel like is emerging here is that Chris, you and I, I mean, obviously you you love the franchise and have seen. How many times have you seen so? before this oh i don't know uh more, probably four or five okay six and I, like that. chris i don't and think and you're I, dumb also thank you and i had only <laughs> seen it once but i i considered it to be i thought it was the best of the series from what i remembered and i remembered it being generally i guess a good movie and i feel like we were both sort of disappointed on this watch right yeah i was yeah. I think it's because, well, all right, so it depends on what your barometer is. Like, this is the Saw movie that comes closest to being a movie. A film. A film. Like, like this is probably the most, has the most broad appeal, this film. And, and it's then, fairly self-contained, too. Like, yeah. You get everything you need out of the story in this movie. It sets up for a sequel, but it's all, all the pieces are there. It like, tried to be a mystery thriller. It tried to have... A couple ideas behind it you know and then like patrick said it gets more and more just like into the torture porn as the series goes along and that becomes the soap opera now the stuff i like about the series is all like the crazy ass stuff that they do with everything after the fact so yeah this movie i don't know i was like yeah saw i I love it but i like what they did with it better i like the body of work that is saw more than the first saw movie so I guess since we're not going to the spoiler room and we don't have to, we can skip this or talk about it now, but I did have a lot of questions about the ending because we have, so we have the, so Lawrence gets freaked out. He has to save his family. He saws off his foot and then he is like, I got to go 
Adam, I'll come back for you. My family needs me. But he appears. Oh, my God. oh his voice after he saw his foot off is so funny. Hey, you know it's what? So, I don't understand. It's like very my like, like it's like Tommy me. Wiseau trying to do Shakespeare. I would love to see you <laughs> guys like, saw off your fucking feet right now and try to try to say some it's shit. Hilarious I got a because he has on the this drawer like, right there. He has this like constantly concerned look on his face, like my family. And guys, like, he does have like, a hacksaw like, in the drawer. Oh, Jesus! For the listeners, there's a Hold literal there's a literal hacksaw. It looks just like the one in saw in the drawer right in yeah. front of me. That so I just it's actually the hacksaw that was used in saw. No, it's not. But there are saw merchandise auctions all the time, or at least there used to be back in the day. Can you buy, like, the broken hacksaw? Also, for the listeners, Elizabeth is now testing the hacksaw on her wrist. She's trying to see if it's sharp enough to cut her flesh. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It would be sharp enough, yes. Can I take a spin? Steve wants to see it. Well... Okay. Ooh, sorry, Steve. I just handed him the saw part of the saw. come up in the mic. It's kind of creepy sounding. It's kind of creepy. He well, doesn't want us to cut through our feet. He wants us to cut through the mic stands. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So he's like, I'm going to get help. But he appears on the verge of death. Yes. So, plus he has no foot. <clears throat> yes. So I'm kind of like, bro, where are you going? And we never find out. Well, that's not true. We do later that in the final series, scene, right? Carrie Elwes is just fucking hilarious in and the last like 15 minutes of this movie like, that's hilarious. all i remember from that movie he's so bad well yeah. and adam is going nuts don't leave me fuck crying blah, he's blah. pretty he goes pretty off the rails too he yeah. off, so, yeah. and then dead not dead not dead jigsaw wakes up but then why does he i don't get is the game over? Is does he kill Adam? I he didn't says game over. He yeah, says game now, over. Here's but, the thing about. But then why is I, does I were, Adam reappear in the franchise? Uh, yes, but not in a meaningful way. Basically, you just find out that he got killed. Oh, oh so yeah, Jake's actually, did kill him. that's funny because Elizabeth asked me this after we finished watching the movie, and I was like, oh, I don't remember if he shows up. Let me look it up. So I like looked up on Wikipedia, you know, character page for Adam, whatever his last name is. I was like, oh yeah, he appears in Saw two, three, and four, and then it says his mutilated corpse yeah. appears in Saw two, three, yeah. and four, and so I was like, yeah, I guess he really does. No, so so here's the thing about the jigsaw traps, and I'll stick, I'll keep this conversation to just Saw, the one we just watched. There. They don't make a lot of sense. So, yeah, like, Jigsaw has the whole moral high ground. He's kind of an anti-hero. But if you actually look at the traps, like, he doesn't really practice what he preaches. He's kind of a psychopath. And that's kind of a thing that's in the movies. So, like, for example, oh, some I of the traps... was just, like, a normal, well, I mean, he had, guy. He had a brain tumor, right? So, like, like, I understand nice that, like, like, he's... Nice he'd love to have him I, I have a little bit of sympathy for him that, like, you know... Yeah, he, th- he thinks he's not actually killing people and he's giving people a chance, but, you know, not really. Well, so some of the traps, like the guy in the razor wire and stuff, like, makes sense. And then you have a trap like Amanda, where her trap makes sense, except what about the guy she was in there with? He didn't really have an opportunity yeah, who was to choose that? life, right? So he got kind of screwed. Well, I think that Jigsaw messed up his dope. I got the impression that he was supposed to be drugged to death, but he somehow survived his overdose. Oh, I doubt it. I have to, but then Adam's trap was supposed to, like, Dr. Gordon's trap makes sense. He's supposed to kill Adam to escape the room. Okay. But then Adam, like... What is his, Adam supposed to do? His key was on... his The key to his handcuffs was in the bathtub, and now it's down the drain, so he's basically just fucked, and he yeah. had no option. So... I mean, I feel like they kind of refine that element in the later movies, right? I well, mean, is someone cause, Predator and someone Prey, or like what? No, I, I guess I just mean that Jigsaw's like purpose is is clearer, and I mean because there are traps in some of the later movies where it's like 
they didn't have a way out. And that's sort of the big, like, oh, what's happening this time, you know? Right. I mean, I I just feel like it wasn't very uh, refined is a funny word to use about this franchise, (laughs) but I feel like they hadn't, like, fully refined that concept or thought it through. Okay, so let me throw a bone to uh, any of the Saw fans that are out there, because watching this movie as as a fan of the franchise, I saw something that I thought was very interesting. I always thought, as much as I like Saw, I always thought Amanda's trap, and Amanda becomes a kind of a key supporting character over the next two movies, I always thought Amanda's trap was pretty fucking easy compared to a lot of the shit people have to do in Saw. Like, she basically wakes up and she has to cut open the guy's stomach and take the key for her trap. I mean, no easy. No skin off her back. Is e- but, well, she has to kill him. Yeah. But, like, she doesn't have to maim herself like so many of the other subjects. She's already being maimed. I mean, we saw her, and she has fucking scars on all it's of her true. jaw. It's true. There's no way out of that trap without being scarred. Okay, good point. And I'm not trying to denigrate the trap, because the trap is iconic. The trap comes back in, like, every other movie of Saw. But I noticed on the wall, and she doesn't talk about this, because remember, she's ta- she's been Wait, giving... But the bear trap comes back? Yeah. Do we ever see its effects, like when it actually works? Can't tell you. You're not that. Oh, far I'd yet. like to see oh. that kind. Of <laughs> I'm very curious. <laughs> they. Oh God, it's so good. It's have so I good. seen any of the movies where it comes back? I don't remember. Well, they it. they you see it a couple times. Like Amanda oh. sees it in the workshop, like oh. in Saw Three. It, oh, and it's yeah. brought up as a visual motif several okay. times, yeah. but then it actually is used again in Saw Six, and it's used again in Saw Three D. Oh. Both are fucking delightful scenes. Can't wait for you to watch them next Halloween. Okay, but anyway, there's which some... we should clarify that you and I have watched one of these movies every Halloween. If it's Halloween, it must be Saw. Yeah. Okay, sorry for interrupting the fan theory, no, but I was so just curious about that. So there's paint on the wall, and it says something like, uh, you can leave here, and it, it says something about losing your life. But it basically, the, the, the poem on the wall sounds like Amanda's actual test might be becoming an apprentice for Jigsaw. Because so- that's what she ends up doing. I'm curious wow. about this because you're you're such a spoiler, fan. Spoiler, you know, <laughs> spoiler temple. Spoiler temple. And Lee Wannell, did he write all the Saw movies? No, I think I think he and James Wan were done after the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was wait, curious what? as to like whether or not you had a sense that like there was a master plan for a franchise. No, I don't think there was. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. Then what's the theory? Just my, my theory is that. Um, Amanda's trap had a lot to do with, had maybe more to do with becoming Jigsaw's apprentice than I thought, and oh. I think this movie is actually telegraphing that Amanda is already Jigsaw's apprentice because that would answer some things like how is Jigsaw able to snatch people out of a parking lot and crawl on all fours like real agile? You think it's Amanda? Yes. Well, because she does say like he saved me, right? He helped me, and like she and yeah, and she, like her. Everything we know about Amanda comes from her testimony to the police. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Okay. I thought that was interesting, just as a fan of the franchise. But I mean, one last note that really stuck out to me. We, you know, we've been talking about how this was uh, a first feature for these guys. The weirdest thing that I've always wondered about with this is that at the same time, it also has the biggest names of any of the saw movies i mean danny glover is certainly a big name carrie elvis is i mean not necessarily a big name but i mean he's been the fucking princess bride in plenty of high profile movies i'm it's just puzzling to me how they score those guys 
Yeah, how they scored no those intended. jigsaw. It's jigsaw <laughs> puzzling me how they scored those guys for the first installment, and then like descended straight into like C list, like soap when, opera hell for the I rest mean, of the franchise. When you have a franchise like this, this look look at like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like you don't need big stars after you have a hit. People are there for the name, for the you know the the basic concept in the title. Yeah. Like you don't have to pay for stars. No, you can make I, even more money in the sequels by paying less for actors' salaries. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'm just puzzled how they got those, those for the first movie? for the yeah. first one in the first. Well, place. they probably tried because I mean Nightmare on Elm Street doesn't have anyone. I mean, fam- I mean Johnny it, Depp's in it, but Johnny Danny Depp Glover, wasn't famous when he was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Danny Glover and Carrie Ellis were both like pretty washed up at this point, but they are recognizable names. Yes, yeah. um, Danny Glover's like never I don't been think they cost. Up. I don't think they cost very much. I mean, you say that about people all the time, but it's not like you actually have actors like rate sheets in front of you i mean i mean we could look at Danny it up. glover for damn sure costs a lot more than anybody sean any patrick other flannery. actor does it cost more than sean patrick okay flannery? if it's who's Danny? sean patrick flannery sean patrick flannery shows up in saw 3d I who is that though he's a he's a guy he was in stuff oh. he was in boondock saints i think he was in Uh-oh. uh young indiana jones he was in suicide kings my favorite movie after heat um i thought that donald glover was in this movie and kept waiting for him to show up never did <laughs> yeah too bad that would have been that would have been cool he would have been a little baby in this movie i know i thought maybe he was gonna so like cute. yeah well, well he could have been danny glover's son Aw, cute well elizabeth it was your first time ever watching a saw movie would you view it cue it or say game over um, I would say cue it. Um, I th- it seems like you perhaps gain appreciation for this movie if you've seen the whole franchise. Um, so I guess I reserve final judgment until the end of time because I hopefully I never have to sit through <laughs> eight more some movies. Um, no, you know, Steve said this before. My eyes were I was riveted. I did not check the time. I did not get up. Um, I liked the puzzle part of it. I really like puzzle movies. I really like X marks the spot, follow your heart, you know, glow in the dark. It's like Uncharted. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, it's it's strong enough of a concept that now you have the, you know, escape room epidemic, the the puzzle room epidemic. People love that. People love that shit. And I like that. And, you know, I I, I would say cue it. I would say if I could give it a cue it point five in between cue it and view it i would do that steve what do you think i don't know i've been wrestling with this all day because i i watched this today um for the second time i would say i would give it a cue it because i i did enjoy it i would say if you if you this movie feels like being in a toilet for an hour and 40 <laughs> minutes so if you find yourself on the toilet for an hour and 40 minutes watch this movie um go to kidoba <laughs> then watch this movie. No, yeah, exactly. come on, we need sponsors. <laughs> it's no, it, it's very watchable, and it's kind of it's a really interesting artifact. I mean, this movie came out what eleven years ago, and it's inspired so much of what's going on in horror now. We just yeah. had a huge couple of years in horror, where horror is being taken seriously in a way that, like, you know, probably hasn't happened since like silence of the lambs winning oscars you know so i think saw had a lot to do with that i do think it inspired a lot of shit as well it's not a perfect film i don't care to see any of the sequels but if you want to see like a pretty groundbreaking movie that you know changed changed a lot of people's minds about horror watch saw Hmm. it's an effective thriller but it's empty don't expect too much out of it and you'll have fun 
I like that. It's an effective podcast, but it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and say uh, I would say view it. Not because this this isn't the view it I expected to give. I expected to give a <laughs> vehement view it, but I expected verily to give a vehement view it. But like I said, like I said, this view it will never come. Yeah, but no, it's it's just going to be a, a mild view it. Um, it. It still holds up for what it sets out to do, I think, which isn't that much. That's a good. That's actually a good point. That's a good way to think about it. Like yeah. it, it does achieve exactly what the what the premise offers. Like, and it's just so iconic by now that if it's not in your repertoire of mo- of horror movies, you're missing out on something. So, view it for that reason. And then, view Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, 5, 6. <laughs> We're not talking about yeah. those right now. Um, Saw 2 is, is a decent sequel. If you liked this movie, you'll probably like Saw 2. Imagine I'll, if I'll the Wheel of Death point. lands on me again and I pick Saw 2. I'll love you forever. Then I'm, then I'm really done. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, what do you think? So, as I said, I remembered this as a good film for some reason or something i liked but then when i cast my mind back the actual first time i watched it i remember i didn't actually like it i it made me feel gross and dirty and just like you were in a toilet like i was in a toilet exactly yeah i kind of hated myself after i actually watched this for the first time so if we're in like some imaginary world where i haven't seen the other saw movies where chris hasn't talked me into seeing the other saw movies and where i actually really did just watch this for the first time with no other context i feel like i would probably say screw it but that's not actually my rating because i do also have that knowledge of the other seven movies or well the five that i've seen and it is rewarding on that like soap opera e level if you're ready to get into that and if theoretically if you've never seen these movies before uh, and you're actually thinking about whether to watch them or not uh, and you've heard everything we've described on this episode and you're like okay that sounds interesting then go for it and watch all fucking five whatever I still have two three more to go but I'm fascinated to see whatever the fuck else happens Uh, so I guess this all adds up to a view it I'm gonna end it with that I'll just I'm gonna say view it even though I feel complex feelings about that great welcome yeah it, it's an honest movie welcome <laughs> it's an honest movie you what know? are you welcoming like, me to the complex to the view it club oh um, right right if if you think you might want to see a guy saw off his foot under duress D- oh yeah watch this movie but you don't see it we brought well, that up already yeah you if you like would you like to see a, a man saw off his foot under dress google man sawing off his foot under dress if you want to get that impression but not actually see it watch that. if you want to see carrie ellis go like insane and forget how to act <laughs> see this movie well i feel like more if you I, I just really appreciate it best on that like comic booky level that i described before i don't think any other fucking movie franchise does that and i and i like that about this all right real talk real talk i think the best way to explain sort of the the problem with the saw movies is the idea the concept of saw and jigsaw and all that shit is more entertaining than the actual movies yeah i do get the sense that you are 
you're thinking on a higher level than these movies. Like you, you appreciate what they're offering and you kind of extrapolate and like take away what you want from them. But like at the, you know, what we get is kind of a, a a bunch of like mediocre movies with interesting ideas propelling them. Sometimes they're hard to sit through, especially because I don't like the traps that much, but I love the mythology and I love the idea of jigsaw. So, yeah, I I think I remember you said at some point, the traps are the least interesting part of these movies for me yeah, yeah i would love to see a song movie with no traps and just soap opera I, we saw, I saw three and like the traps didn't make uh, that was my big complaint i was like that movie seemed to be all about the traps and the traps didn't make any sense saw or four. you saw four and i don't know but I you, know, all the criticisms are the same with saw three the, the trap either didn't make sense or they didn't detonate in a way that was thrilling yeah so, i mean it really to me is about the jigsaw character because once i mean he's not really in this movie much and you don't like elizabeth definitely has not gotten an idea of like what a compelling and just you know he's got that hannibal lecter thing almost where it, some of the movies he's not in them at all he's fucking dead yeah. but like his presence is just most of the movies i love tobin bell i mean tobin bell is like where the fuck did he come from where did he come but from he's, he's great. just a bit part actor character yeah. actor he got cast for this which is a pretty small role in this movie yeah. you basically just need a guy with a gravelly voice to do that and then as luck would have it he would have such presence to carry the character forward in saw yeah. two and saw three and he just has this incredible gravitas and half the time even no matter how fucked up the shit is that he's doing i'm rooting for him you know you heard it here first well 2018 I- oscar best actor tobin bell for jigsaw <laughs> for jigsaw <laughs> Well, Wait, is Tobin Bell in Jigsaw? Ah, you'll have to go see it. We already know who Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor are going to be. So that's Do we? Tell me. Michael Fassbender for Alien Covenant. <laughs> and Michael uh, Fassbender for Alien Covenant. He's going to win them both. That's the worst no, what I, what I would like to say is that, to me, the premise of Jigsaw is a fantastic premise. Being angry because you're dying and you're watching people slog through their life. Great. Great premise. Great reason to get angry. Great reason to teach people some lessons. Teach people a lesson. Great reason to even maybe feel the desire to kill. I appreciate what, that premise. What these movies need is a sense of humor. Like if <laughs> if Larry Cohen and I don't know if you guys know Larry Cohen. He did like he's he's a great like New York cult filmmaker from the 80s kind of like lloyd kaufman who's like the trauma guy and he did these movies that were like social commentary but with sort of like a moralistic bent and they were hilarious like he could make these movies that are like super graphic but also there's like this like moral attitude that was taken like half seriously as like a reason for seeing all of the gore if he made a movie like this it'd be fucking fantastic it would be a cult classic what we get is just something that's depressing it's we've said it time and time again it feels like just living in a toilet for two hours yeah the moral the moral they're they're way too on their high horse these movies are all way too on their high horse about the whole it's not even on the high horse because i don't buy the moral element of it it just feels like a cheap tactic to keep the keep the story moving i meant to bring this question up earlier with this whole moral question like what did adam actually do and what did dr gordon even do to deserve this in the first place i mean dr gordon came close to having an affair and then decided not to have one what was he being punished here's for what you're why were him and adam no, selected here's what you're supposed to think it 
I'm not saying it communicated this well, but if you look for it, it's there. Dr. Gordon was neglectful. Uh, he like he didn't personalize his patients, and he yeah. didn't make time for his family. And I think Jigsaw might have thought he was having an affair. Whether or not he was is an open question in the movie. And Adam, oh, I guess that's well, true. He, tried, he actively tried to. There's a scene where he's with a prostitute, but he doesn't. It's not a that's prostitute. It's a student. Oh, student. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, God, and it, it seems like it seems like there's a miscommunication over why they're there, though. Like we don't see him clearly having. Enough. Yeah, well, he, he, he goes there to. Well, he's also he goes he's, there. He's to have condescending an to Zep as well. Yeah, like, but I think that. I, I guess like that, that makes sense. Yeah. Everything that Kramer, everything that Jigsaw sees of Doctor Gordon from his bed, he's basically a piece of well, shit. And Adam lives in like a crappy apartment and just kind of wander. You get the impression to me that he's like wandering through life. Well, he's know? a millennial, so he's guilty of being degenerate. <laughs> yeah, I like how he deserves that. to die because he lives in a crappy apartment well, and no, wanders no, but through he's, life. But he like, you get the, like, his apartment is filthy. Well, and he, he's, he's like, an opportunist, right? Like, he'll like take, he'll like be like a private detective and take photos yeah. of somebody having an affair. His for, tape accuses him of being a voyeur. Yeah. So that is his crime. I guess it just stands is But Jigsaw's a, a voyeur. They should be yeah, best that's friends. that's not a crime. <laughs> like I said, Jigsaw isn't morally consistent. It stands in such contrast, though, to most of the other Jigsaw victims, including in this movie. You know, Amanda is much more compelling case. Amanda was like throwing away her life and didn't care if she lived or died. Like that seems like a more compelling reason for him to do what he does to her. And and certainly in the later Jigsaw movies, there are people who, uh, you know, have done terrible things. Have done terrible things and transgressed much more than Lawrence or, or Adam. And I was just kind of. I kept finding myself going, wait, so why do they deserve to be here? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it, wow. just, it just stood out because in so many of the other movies, uh, and even in this movie, there are other ones where it's like, oh, okay, I, I guess I understand why this person is, you know, at fault. Well, it should be noted as well that I got the sense in this movie that this is the first time Jigsaw has devised a trap that involves two people. And so he needed somebody related to the doctor to mm. amplify the tension. That's not true. Situation. Amanda in the bear claw had another dude with her. No, but he's listen. Uh, every I don't. We're I don't reading know too much off into the top it. Of my head, but <laughs> if you're curious about what other traps Jigsaw has done before the events of Saw One, watch Saw Two through Seven. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> They're flashbacks. It's all, oh yes, because they killed oh, Jigsaw so early on in the series, and so they have to make up for it with flashbacks, like before Saw. <laughs> well then, and during the previous movie, it's mind, ridiculous. Mind it's a shit show. He has a busy like. I want to lay out the timeline because there's a busy like what six months or something where he was just going fucking nuts building traps. Yeah, maybe less than that. Yeah. Well, this uh, podcast is starting to feel like a trap. We've been talking about Saw for I don't know forty five minutes or so. An Anybody hour have and 15 minutes. And wait, my leg is chained to the dishwasher. Oh, good thing mm-hmm. we have a hacksaw in yeah, the drawer. Pass the hacksaw. <laughs> uh, don't do it. Don't, no! <laughs> my family needs me. Um, so what are we watching next? Anti-birth with Chloe We've Sevenier been waiting, team. We've and been waiting. Natasha Leone, who... Um, our listeners might remember from Hashtag Horror, where they play best friends. Oh, well, yeah. here we oh. go again. She's also in American Pie. That's true. Can't yeah. wait. And Orange is the New Black. I happen to be anti-birth myself, so Chris. I can't <laughs> wait to see how this movie explores that concept. And I think we're all big Chloe fans here on the cast. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Chloe is one of my... Chloe is bae. One of my big heroes. So, I mean, whatever. Chris. 
He's anti-birth. He's anti-Chloe. Listen, I've only seen Chloe in hashtag horror. What? Oh, that's it? Yeah. She's bad. She has something to make up for here. All right. Well, we'll find out. All right. We'll find out next week. Join us then. In the meantime, you know the drill. You can find us on social media, every platform. We're out there. Amoncast. Send us a letter. We'd love it. And, uh, you know, until next time. Game over. Game over.